Are we a go? We are a go. Oh, it sounds like... Looks like we're a go. All right. Good. Now I'm feeling a little bit better about things. Hopefully you got a good signal because uh, I turned it down to halfway, so... Yeah, you're, you're, you're nice and clear. You're not overbearing. That's good. That's what we want. I don't understand why we have to go now I can always turn my headphones up if I need it. Well, I just need to get you to get you. I don't have a problem getting you. Yeah. You said this was your favorite song, so... It is. It actually is. I love it. There's a few songs that you guys have done that I, that I really, really like. Well, we can talk about that. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I mean, we talk about everything else. Yeah. I guess that's okay, though. I don't have any organs left, but I don't know. Oh, I got yours. I got all of yours. I don't, uh, core, I don't have any core. And then, you know, during our, during my, still when I moved to Florida, I lost them somehow. I don't know how I lost them, but I did. Probably, probably uh, left a bunch of <laughs> you never know. You shouldn't, you shouldn't talk so loud over my guitar solo. That's right. <laughs> Everybody needs to hear it. That's, that's like a cardinal rule. You're never supposed to vocalize over a guitar solo. Because you're a bass player, everybody's over there. <laughs> That's right. I just laid my lines and I'm done. I can't believe that I'm going to go through all that. Oh, it's all right. okay. All right, we're getting ready to start here. Okay. This is what? Take 45? Uh, Roughly. I want to welcome everyone to... Uh, the newest episode of Thoughts from a Lawnmower with Will Rouser and uh, my uh, special conversation guest, an old friend of mine. You know, you, all of you are old friends of mine. Uh, and when I say old, I do mean old. Uh, Mr. Jim Bishop. Say hello, Jim. Hello, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that never gets old, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay, well... <clears throat> If some of you are wondering what we were talking about, about this being like take 45 is because we had some sound issues on my end, some uh, some technical issues. Uh, so I'm hoping that this will uh, have been alleviated. Uh, give me a give me a give me a shout out there, Jim. How you doing? OK, that's a good, strong signal. OK, I, I just don't really understand I didn't change a knob. I don't remember changing anything, but okay. Maybe that button you had to depress, maybe you just hit it by accident or something. That's probably what happened. Well, I've also uh, done, I've used this to record some, uh, some guitar tracks and I think I yeah. might have, um, I think I may have inadvertently messed up, but I don't understand because it's the signal inputs the same. 
So, I don't know. But that's neither here nor there. That's a little technical stuff, folks. Um, so, anyway, uh, we we were talking, and, and um, we're not going to – we don't remember everything that we said in, in take one. But, uh, you know, I mentioned that, that you were an old friend, and I don't – I, I think we had established when we had actually met the first time, and it was right. uh, uh, you guys, you were in a band called Core, mm-hmm. and you had opened for Jesus Joshua when we were a three-piece. And Steve, who the vocalist that you're hearing on the theme song, uh, was actually the lead vocalist for Core. Yep. And Jay was our bass player slash vocalist when we were a three piece. So that there's that connection. And then of course we, we hung together even after uh, Steve uh, changed teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, was yeah. There was no, I mean, our breakup was no hard feelings. I just retired and moved to Tennessee and Craig, uh, the guitarist felt called just to, just to play in the church, which is fine. Uh, I mean, you, you go with what the Lord's telling you. So, but yeah, I, I, uh, so it was, there was no hard feelings at all in our breakup. We just, you know, we were just going different paths that the Lord was taking us on. So I just wished I still had some of that music. I, I don't have any of the recordings or nothing. That's stuff. I did find some of the lyrics here at my dad's house. It's at my house now, but I was going through a bunch of stuff that he had in the closet in here. And a lot of my, a lot of my stuff was, uh, from core was in it. Some of the brochures that I'd made and all that stuff. But I found some lyrics, lyric sheets, and I can't believe I found those. I didn't, I didn't even know I had those. So, you know, cause those, those lyrics were all stuff that Steve wrote. So if he doesn't, I need to ask him to see if he still has copies of them. Cause if he doesn't, I need to get those back to him. So, cause they're his, um, well, you know, <clears throat> now let's, clarify you're you're a bass player by trade <laughs> um, yeah kind of you know yeah and uh and when did you first start playing bass uh in germany in 85 okay so that's 84 85 yeah it was 85 so that's that's, that's when i 35 years ago yeah and i and i went straight from i mean i i messed around on the guitar with my cousin my cousin Hal, who you know he uh He's, he, he was able to play piano, guitar, uh, he can play bass guitar too. He played just about anything that he puts his hands on. But, uh, so we did some stuff and, and I was, I was pretty good at, at, at poetry and writing lyrics and stuff. I could do that kind of stuff better than I could anything. And, but when I went to Germany, I got stationed there when I was in, when I was in the army, I, uh, I went over there and I, I decided I'd, I wanted to play, try my luck at playing bass guitar and, uh, bought me a little Yamaha and guy next door to me, uh, Mike Easterling, he was a guitar player and he had a little three piece band that he was playing with over there, but he was wanting to branch out and write his own stuff. So he knocked on my door one day and cause he'd heard me playing, I was just messing around on the bass and, uh, and I wasn't good at all. I mean, I just started. And, uh, so he showed me a bunch of stuff and, and we got to playing and I just picked it right up pretty easy, actually. Uh, 
I mean, there's a lot of musicians in my family. I just never picked up to pick up an instrument. Really. I still have a hard time with six string. I, I, uh, my fingers, I don't know if it's cause they're so long or what it is, but they just don't want to, you know, bar chords are hard for me. Uh, but if it's, if it's just doing single note, like on bass and stuff like that, or maybe double notes and stuff, I, I, that's easy for me. So, so I, I have a good time doing that, but, but that was in 85 and I got out of the army in 86 and, and a bunch of us got together. We all got out at the same time to, to actually try to progress as a band. And we, it was one thing led to another. I actually went back in the army because things were just not good. Uh, those guys were doing, doing things that I really didn't want to do. So I, uh, so I got away from it, uh, which is the best move I ever did. Went back in the military. And then years later, I mean, I didn't play for a long, long time. I, uh, I mean, I had an instrument, but, and I'd piddle around when I got it, when I took a notion to, but I went to, and just tell you how far apart that was. That was 85, 86, 87. I went back in the military. Uh, so 86, I got out 87. I went back in early 80, February of 87. And then I, uh, after that, I didn't play with a band or anybody until I met Steve and the guys. And, uh, I just got a, a hankering to play again for some reason. And I'll call it divine intervention or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, it's, uh, I answered, I add that that Steve and Craig had put out for a bass player and uh, they were trying to form a new band and they didn't even have uh, a, a drummer at that time. And so they were looking for a drummer as well. And then we met uh, Roger. I don't even remember how we met Roger just to tell you the truth. I and mean, it could have been the same way. He could have just been, we could have put an ad in the paper and, you know, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But anyways, so happens that Roger knew Dan DeBruyter. I mean, that could have been a connection too. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, uh, and we all know Dan, uh, so it's, uh, uh, so it's been a long road. I mean, I, I really haven't played, uh, and since I left core, I, I haven't, I haven't played with anybody else. I did some managing for a while, bandaged a couple of small Christian bands and, you know, cause I was good at that kind of stuff, getting people jobs and stuff like that or, or gigs, I guess. But, uh, and doing some, uh, I did, I think at that time I was doing, uh, some of that long distance graphics work for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I rem- Yeah. Cause you did it. What for, uh, once and for all. Uh, I actually did, uh, Bobby come up with the idea and I did some of the, uh, layout for three the hard way, but I don't think I've, I don't think I actually finished that project. I think with you guys, I think. No, you didn't. You, you, cause, I um, think somebody else actually, uh, probably Bob. Bob, I, well, I Bob, Bob finished it. And for those of you who are listening, this is Bobby Shepard is the drummer for Jesus Joshua 2415. Um, yep. And uh, I would say he's my right-hand man, but I'm actually his right-hand man. Um, <laughs> but um, now <clears throat> let's uh, try to focus a little bit. Because now you you said that uh, the the guys that you had originally started with, you know, they were getting involved in things that you felt you shouldn't get involved in and things of that right. nature. Um, I assume that from that that you weren't that was not a a Christian endeavor. 
No, it wasn't. And no. and just just for clarity's sake, for those listening and who've listened to some of the past podcasts, I'm I'm not against I'm not against secular bands. Right. Uh, and I'm not against Christians playing in secular bands. I am not I, I think I, I I feel a little clarification is needed and I don't want to go too off too far off on a tangent, but right. um yes, you, you hear the name Jesus Joshua twenty four fifteen and so naturally you say, Well, you know, you aren't you a Christian in a Christian band. Yes, I am. You also have to understand that the express purpose of that band was evangelism. Now, yep. not necessarily in the way that a lot of people envision evangelism, like um, maybe uh, Southern gospel groups you know, talk about evangelism or it wasn't like that. It, the idea was to make powerful music, music that people right. would enjoy, music that we would enjoy playing and, right. and have a quality product. And, but everything was pointing to Jesus. I mean, that was the express purpose of that band. Right. Um, that, that was our, that was our mission statement. You know, the, it just so happened that the, uh, the name corresponded with the mission statement, but it wasn't because we were. I I, I got to be careful when I say this because I know plenty of I, you know you and I both know plenty. Uh, we we're friends with plenty of Christian bands, and I'm not a. I, this is not a. This is not a diatribe against them. But right. I have noticed in the in the Christian music community right. that there's this uh, this attitude that well well for example one of the things that we established early on in Jesus Joshua twenty four fifteen was band rehearsal was band rehearsal it's right. not prayer meeting it's not Bible study. If you want to do a Bible study, we can do that, but that has nothing to do with band rehearsal. Right. Okay. And we have nothing against Bible study. We encourage right. it. We have nothing against prayer. We certainly encourage that. But mm -hmm. band rehearsal time is band rehearsal time. Right. You know, writing time is writing time. You know, if, you know, go home, get in your prayer closet, and do all the praying you need to do. When right. you come together, you know, obviously we would do some prayer before we would start. But we didn't have to have this long, drawn-out prayer because we only had a certain amount of time that we had to get together to practice. Okay? Exactly. So, you know, all of us had, all you know, most of us had to get up at, oh, dark 30. In Steve's case, it was, he had to go to work. It, you know, he had to, oh, no. he had to, he had to go to work. He, he didn't get home until, oh, dark 30. So, you still do. Yeah. So, I mean, there, so time was very, very precious. And so that wasn't time for Bible study. Um, right. You know, and I know I can, I can just hear the eyes rolling as I say that. People say, look, <laughs> guys, come on. Okay. Band rehearsal is not the time for having church. It's just like, you know, you were in the military, you know, you had to show up for PT. That wasn't the time for Bible study. 
That's right. You know, or you had, you know, your orders for the day. You had whatever it is that your job entailed. Okay. Okay, guys, we're going to have a Bible study. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. Okay. And there, that was one of the things that it, it, it's what I call hyper spiritualism, where, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you remember this. Now, I mentioned when we were, you and me and Dan and, and, uh, Roger and Steve were all talking. And remember that gig in Lumberton that you guys got rained out? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, well, there was three bands there. There mm-hmm. was there was you guys, there was us, and there was another band whose name I can't remember. They were young. I can't remember either. They, they were young. I don't remember three, but I can't remember who it was. Yeah, they, they were young young band, and they had a lot of energy. And, they, you know, they were kind of, I want to say they were hardcore, but they were, you know, they, they had a little bit more of a punk element to right there and, and nothing wrong with that i mean you know they right. and that's why they were included in on on the bill but one of the things i don't know if you remember jim but we had a, a circle where we, we were gonna have like a prayer circle okay mm-hmm. and so we had there there must have been 20 of us in the circle 20 and, and i know bob wasn't in, in it bob, bob was like look man i got things i gotta i've got to get done you know i've done my praying okay right and you know so I was there, and before prayer, there was like a couple of su- suggestions, ideas for the smoothness of the of the event. Um, right. And one of the things that I openly said was, "Look, guys, I'm not telling you, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray or anything like that, but it's time for business. Right. It's time for us to get up and do what we do. Okay." People are not coming, you know, we, we didn't know who was going to be there because it was out in public. We were like in the mid square of Lumberton, if I'm not right. mistaken. Yeah, we were. And uh, it was like a traffic circle and we were going to attract a bunch of eyes. Okay. I'm not against public prayer. I'm not against prayer or public prayer, but guys, if you're going to get up there and have church, no one's going to, no one's going to bother with us. No one's right. going to want to come and see us. No one's going to, you know, oh, we'll have our, you know, we're, our friends and family might be out there, more, more our family than anything else. Right. But the truth is, if you're wanting to reach people, you know, you got to grab them and you're not grabbing them by prayer. Okay. Yeah, so, I, so, I agree. And what, what I was, what I was, I, I, rem, I don't remember my exact words, but I, I remember seeing a couple of people kind of, you know, their eyes kind of like, Oh, you're saying you don't believe in prayer, you know? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we're not here to have church. Right. Okay. So, you know, we have our little prayer and we disperse and the first band goes on to play. And what does the lead vocalist do? First thing he says is, um, they told us that we can't have prayer, but you know, I'm all about the kingdom of God and, I'm going to pray anyway. And he turned around and he offered his little prayer and then, you know, okay, well, my question, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean, Hey, you know, it's your set. You do whatever you want. Okay. But this, this was not an order saying suppressing your faith or asking you to not, but right. I'm, I'm asking, what good did you do 
by that. Now, some people say, well, you know, prayer is always appropriate. Well, okay, that's fine. But are you praying or are you are you lifting yourself up using exactly. using prayer as a way to, you know, to put a notch, you know, see, see how spiritual I am, see how uh, it's not the same as like Kevin from Disciple. You know, right. Kevin from Disciple, I mean, he, first of all, he can run Disciple however he darn well pleases. That's right. the first thing. And second of all, his express purpose is to get up there and preach. I'm right. fine with that. That that's that's what you want to do. People know that going into it, right? Exactly, and uh, but I've also noticed that generally speaking, it's the party faithful. You know, it's you, you know you kind of preach into the choir. People, ex, right. you know, uh, it's like I went and saw um, I went and saw Carmen. He came to uh, Northwood Temple here in Fayetteville, oh. and this was I was I I don't remember, I I I was driving, but I wasn't. I, th- I think it was like 19 or 20 and I went to see Carmen cause I'd heard a lot about him. I think it was, it was right before the song, the champion came out. Right. I don't know if you remember that, but, um, I, I went, uh, I went to see him there and he was like, he was doing his club act. Now it was in a church, but in a huge church, but, I went and saw him and I thought, man, this guy is actually, he's, he's really pretty good. I, as a matter of fact, his, the fact that I didn't really particularly like his style of music didn't have anything to do with it. He was very entertaining. I mean, there was nothing, there was nothing, there was nothing unchristian about what he did. There was nothing heretical about what he did, but he was, he knew how to entertain. It would, you know, he, he knew people are, this was on a Friday night. People can go anywhere People can spend money anywhere. And I went and saw him, and I, I think I paid like $5 at the door or something like that. And I wasn't disappointed. Well, three or four years later, he comes to Fayetteville, and he's at the auditorium. And it was a free concert, okay? And I went there, and I think out of the two hours that he was on, he did three songs. Yeah, that's... Okay, and I remember saying, if it weren't for the fact that this was free, I would have walked out mm-hmm. because, I, and, and I'm like, who are you ministering to? Okay, now it's fine. The body needs the, the body of Christ needs to be ministered to too. We need right. to, we need to be edified. We need to be, you know, encouraged. We I, I'm fine with that. Okay, right. but. Who are you evangelizing? There might be five people in the audience of, say, 5,000 people. There might be five or ten people that are unchurched or, you know, they came as a guest. And you know what? They Some of them probably said, man, gosh, this is boring. Okay. How did – I'm like I, – I, I just felt that you're, you're – we, we were talking about in the last take – we were talking about messaging. Right. And so anyway, I, I, I'm saying all of that to say that I don't have a conflict with playing in secular venues. I don't have right. a problem with it. it. It's just that Jesus Joshua, it had a specific 
We had a specific goal. We had a specific um, mission statement. And everything that we did, everything was saturated in the Spirit of God. Everything was saturated with the Spirit of Christ. Okay? But... And and I mean even even Bobby said says like look man I mean then you look at the name it's Jesus you look at all our lyrics all our lyrics are about you know salvation or especially in three the hard way three the hard way that was very focused you know I mean we got a song on there called My Dog Can Preach which is our probably our funniest I love that it's song. a great song it's a great story and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it's funny but yet. It presents the gospel, right? Uh, it, and it preaches. Okay, so when we get up there, we can let the music do the talking. We've done all that. We've it's it's baked in. Okay, so in our personal prayer time, we can pray. You know, Lord, you know, we're getting ready to go and do this show. We we've got an appointment there, and there's going to be somebody there that needs to hear these things. But a lot of times, people who need to hear these things won't come to a situation where it's automatically assumed that they're going to get preached at, or that yeah. you know it's going to be people like even Bobby has said this numerous times. You know about you know there are people who will who never set foot in a church, okay, right. but they'll come out to a club. All mm-hmm. right, well, what good is it to turn the club? in the church. Okay. That, that doesn't make any sense. And so, uh, and I mean, you know, people can debate about it and people can disagree and that's fine, but this is my podcast. So I can say whatever I want. Right. <laughs> and I, so I guess in a long winded way, I'm kind of asking you, um, how did you resolve that in your own mind? Because apparently you seem to agree with me on these, but how do you resolve that in your own mind? Given the fact that you know you started off kind of in a in a secular direction and it clearly didn't work, and right. then when you went in a Christian direction, although that didn't stay forever either, but it worked better though. Yeah, it, it worked better. So how do you resolve that? I I think I, I got a couple of things to say on this whole conversation thing, but I. I don't know. I was in a place in my life whenever I was in Onyx and, uh, I just, I was in Germany. I was single, uh, playing in the band was really cool. I got to meet a lot of cool people because we got to help big bands, the DOD shows set up their equipment. We had at that time in 85, I believe it was, it came through the 101st Airborne Rockers came through and it was all secular bands that were made up. Stephen Stills was there, Santana. Uh, I got to hang out with Cheap Trick, the entire band, you know, so that was, you know, it was, uh, I got to meet Stephen Stills too. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, Steve Walsh and, uh, Dale Hart oh, from, okay. uh, from Kansas were there. Yeah. Well, it was mixed. It was a mixed thing, but all of Cheap Trick was there, and only Santana himself was there. Uh, but it was it was really cool. So that stuff was really cool to me at the time, and I and that's all I based it on. It was cool. I, I enjoyed playing. I didn't. I did enjoy performing. Uh, I was always the kind of guy who I I couldn't stand to stay in one place on the stage, and uh, 
so I like to move around a lot, but when I, uh, but I was really never, I, I guess you could say I was really never satisfied. And then when we got out and went to, actually went to Ohio, uh, and they got into stuff, you know, that, uh, uh, basically it was, it was, it was drugs and stuff like that. And I was not having no part of that. I'd had two really good friends that OD'd, uh, whenever I was in junior high school and I had no, I had, I just had no, uh, tolerance for drugs. So I, uh, so I stayed away from it and, uh, and I had to get away from that situation and, and never, nothing ever amounted with those guys because of that. So, so I went back in the military and like I said, I didn't play again until 80, what year was it? 98. It was 98. Uh, when I went to Fort Bragg and that's when everything started coming back around her. And I actually got, I was in church all my life as a kid. So, uh, saved when I was 12. And, uh, so I, I, but I had fallen away for a lot, many years and, and, uh, got back in church and that's when I wanted to start playing again. And, and, uh, so I got with Steve and those guys and, um, uh, but here's, here's, here's my thought on the whole performance thing. I think I'm right in line with you for the most part. And, and people don't need to take this the wrong way, but there's a time to preach and there's a time to perform. And and perform during your performance is not the time to preach. And I've always felt that way. I, I, I didn't like stopping the program to listen to and, and, and Steve went with his heart. I know he did, but I just didn't like stopping the performance to hear somebody talk. So, and read from the Bible. It just, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think I'm that was the place that. to do it at the time. I'm with you on that. I, yeah, you're right. And, and the kids are there to hear, see you perform. Right. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, and I want you to stay on this line of thinking, but, um, yeah. do you remember the band warning spirit? Um, mm. okay. I, I actually used to play with those guys before I got actually before I got with, uh, Matt Crump right. and, uh, I had, uh, I was with them for a little bit. And we were doing some secular stuff. We were also we uh, we did a striper song. We were doing some secular stuff, and then the guys kind of, and they were just to be fair, they were significantly younger than I, right? And so there was that problem, and then the, the other problem was time because I had a full time job at the time, and they didn't. You know, they were still in high school and stuff like that. So there was there was some problems there, and and I it's there were problems on my end as well as theirs. So, you know, there was not, you know, this is not a blame thing. It's just, that's just the right. way things are. But <clears throat> I remember we were going through this whole situation of, you know, okay, guys, we're supposed to be a Christian band and here we are playing these secular songs. And I, my thing was, okay, guys, I'm fine with that. If you want to stop playing the secular music, let's spend the time and let's write our own music let's let's write our own music we can say whatever we want to say and we don't have any conflict but the problem right. was they didn't want to do that you know it was you know because it was just easier to learn covers right okay i'm fine with that we can do that okay but you guys gotta you know pick something and go with it so there was that issue but anyway after after i was out of the band and i got fired 
and I got fired, not completely unjustly. Um, <laughs> I, it's it's the truth, you know. Yep. And I told him, I remember talking to him years later. And I said, you know what, guys, that was probably the smartest move you made. Um, you know, we all learned a lesson from that. And, it, you know, those those things happen. And, you know, there's no hard feelings. But there was initially. But, um, I, you know, we all have an understanding. And I don't want to go into that whole issue. But anyway, years later, they're playing. And they had really gotten to be a solid, solid unit. They were really good. And I remember we were, I was in another band called Blood of the Lamb. And we I, remember, played, I remember that. Yeah. And I played, we played with them at Mana Church uh, yeah. in their facility. And I know you haven't seen Mana in years. It's huge now. I heard it was. I haven't. Oh my you know, I've been gosh. in Fayetteville, but I haven't been by Mana Church. I dude, can't even remember how to get to it. Just dude, true. dude it, if you know how to get to the mall, you know how to find Mana. Um, oh, that's right. It's down that one road. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So, but oh my gosh, they they their facility is huge. Okay, as a matter of fact, they they overlap with they and, and uh, Berean Baptist now are like right next to each other. Oh wow! Yeah. So anyway, um, having said that, they we played that show, and I remember when Morning Spirit was up. And they were playing a really good set, but they were they they kind of brought it down because they were going to try and do some kind of preaching thing. And I remember one of them. I don't remember which one it was. I don't know if it was Walt or the or the guitar player, or whatever. Um, I remember him saying, "Hey, quiet down. We're." trying to tell you something okay well first you guys i'm thinking okay that's a mistake because you guys are getting everybody pumped up and yeah. you know and now all of a sudden you want everybody to act like it's church okay you can't have it both ways and right. you you totally destroy the momentum of what you're doing you know if when you play your set, you're done with your set, and then you go out in the audience and you mingle with the crowd, and those are the ministry opportunities. Though that's the time when you get a chance to you make a connection with people, and then you can start, you know, you can start really getting down with them. I mean, Jesus was a great example of, you know, he often he made his connections first, and then came the ministry opportunities. Right. They, and then came, you know, and so. I, I think these bands, I think these bands forget they're not preachers. They're right. Uh, they, they're they're God has given them that music to reach certain individuals who may be at the show that you're playing at the time. And he's using your music as a tool to reach them. He's not using your preaching. Well, there's that aspect, but I also think that, that, you know, because all all musicians, all artists have been given their gift by God. And I right. think a lot of times I really do think that 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 gift ministers just to me. You know, when you know, when I play, I mean, I am in it's like I am in my element. I'm free. I, I'm just I Bobby's even said to me a couple of times says, man, you use your guitar like a weapon, you know. And I'm not really thinking about it like that. It's just I'm very passionate about my playing and about my performance and about being, you know, with the band and stuff like that. There's there's this 
there's this camaraderie, there's this um, there's this this pleasure in playing music. And I think right. a lot of times it doesn't even have anything to do with anybody else out in the crowd. I think a lot of it just has to do with me. God right. is God is giving me this gift just for me. Now, I know some people would probably disagree with that, but again, it's my show and I'm going to say what I want to say. But <laughs> I really do think that and see this is this is this leads to another problem that kind of dovetails into it and that is we're so afraid to say we're we're so afraid to talk about ourselves. We're so afraid to say that anything that God does, he does for me. That that or we're we're so afraid that we're stealing some kind of glory from God by you know, like say if you go into a tragedy, mm-hmm. you know, they acknowledge that you know we're hurting. Somehow or another, that steals glory from God. Or you know, I mean, we can say that we're hurting, but we really can't act hurt. We got to act like, well, God is on the throne and everything is okay. Well, I'm sorry, that's just not, you know, it is true. God is on the throne. Okay, you know, Jesus was on the throne when the Nazis killed 6 million Jews. Right. Okay. That kind of puts things in perspective. It doesn't change. All the, the world events don't change the fact that Jesus is on the throne. None of that, none of that, nothing that happens in your life or my life is going to change that. Okay. But to sit there and say that that had no, effect and that people should just kind of you know not acknowledge that there was pain and suffering and it it's not enjoyable and telling me that God is on the throne doesn't change my pain right okay and so and I think a lot of times but if if I say that if you say that to certain kinds of people you you're almost you're almost inviting this well you must really not know who you believe in or you know and like and it's and it's the same thing when we're talking about this 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 music aspect is like look okay i always wanted to play in a band right but my faith as a Christian, I knew I didn't want to get, I had plenty of invitations, but I didn't want to get involved in a secular band. Not because I don't have a, not because I have a problem with secular music. It is because, like you said, there were, it was going to pull me into some areas that I knew I was not comfortable with. Right. So I said, you know what? Even in my times of, not being faithful, we'll just say it that way. In my times of, of what do you call it, backsliding or, um, right. you know, whatever, uh, my time of doing my own thing or whatever, even then I was like, you know what, if I'm going to play music, I'm going to play it for the kingdom. But right. when I say playing it for the kingdom, I don't necessarily mean that every lyric that I write is going to be all Bible verses and Psalms. 
Right. It's, it, you know, there's some very real issues out there that we need to talk about. Or right. there's some, you know, why can't we have fun? So it's one of the things, because as you probably know, um, Bobby and I have got a new project going on. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I haven't, it. I haven't, I haven't mentioned the name publicly because we're, we're just still writing a stage yeah. and we're still working. I don't want to release too much yeah. too early. He sent me a couple of clips. It sounds really good. I, I, uh, I'm just happy you guys are playing again. I, right. I, uh, I'm, I'm super happy about that. I, you know, cause I love you guys. So, uh, but, uh, can I ask you something real fast? Yeah. You can ask me anything. If, can you pause this? Uh, or does, does yeah, it hurt your recording? Yeah, I can pause it. I need to do something for my dad real fast, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that that's fine. Let me pause it right now. Three, no. two, one, one. Okay, we're rolling. Yep. <clears throat> Sorry about that, folks. We had to take a little, <clears throat> a little time out. Because yep. guess what? We still have to live our lives, and we still have to do real-life things during the day. So, um... <clears throat> So let's continue to develop that whole idea. I asked you how we resolve, how you resolve that um, the uh, the idea of being a Christian musician. And do you? Well, I probably asked a more pointed question. I guess. Do you think that? Um, You, I'm sure you've heard of the debate. Excuse me. I'm sure you've heard the debate about, you know, being a being in a Christian band or being a Christian in a band. Right. And do you think there should be a distinction? Um, do you think that? Do you think that say Christians in a band? Well, I say Carrie Livgren in Kansas. Okay. Right. Kerry is a very, he's a Christian, he's outspoken about it, but, uh, but yet, I don't think there was that much conflict. I mean, I'm sure there was internal conflict, but all bands have internal conflict. Right. I mean, Christian or secular, it doesn't matter. So I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm asking you is, do you see a conflict with that, or do you think that those distinctions are meaningless? I think they're, I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me on this, but I think they're meaningless. I, I, uh, and what I mean by that is I think you can be a, a Christian in a secular band. I think it's the way you carry yourself. You obviously probably should question your Christianity. I believe if, if you're out doing all the drinking and the drugs with all the guys. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that would probably defeat the purpose, but, uh, if they were doing that, a lot of bands don't do that stuff anymore. It's the way a lot of some still do, I'm sure. But, uh, but I think, you know, just like Dan, he knows, he knows a guy who plays, but that's his living. That's how he makes a living. Yeah. I heard that podcast, by the way, I just, I yeah. just listened to it. And I told, I told Dan, I sent a, a message. I said, dude, that's the best podcast you've done. Yeah. It was really good. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was I, great. I was, uh, I was impressed where he said something in that podcast about, um, he is not willing to have, uh, anyone, I, I don't know, it's, it's what he said, but 
anyone, if he can help it, anyone that he comes in contact with, not enter the, you know, not at least know about the kingdom. So, and those weren't his exact words. I'm summarizing it really big, I guess. But, uh, but I guess what he was meaning was he didn't see a problem with him playing in a secular band as a Christian because it gave him a chance to, you know, off on the side and minister and stuff like that and right. tell it talk about his walk and stuff. So, I, I think that's that's applaudable. I mean that I and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, regardless of what people think. God has given you a gift. That's the gift that you chose to use to make a living. Uh, if you're blessed and good enough to do it and get the opportunity to do it. Now he did say that it's not his primary job, but at least it's a way for him to make some income. So, uh, so I don't, you know, I, I just, uh, I don't see that it hurts either way being a Christian in a Christian band or being a, I still think you need to carry yourself uh, in a respectful manner, manner according to uh, what God uh, commands us to do. But uh, but as far as playing the music, I mean, I don't know that that I would do it now. But that's my my prerogative. I mean, that's just that's the way that's the way I feel about it. I, I would love to be playing music again. My problem is I can't find anybody who wants to do anything other than praise and worship. And yeah. I'm not the praise and worship guy. I'm I'm the right. I'm the head banging rock and roll guy. So right. I Right. And 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 you you you've nailed something very interesting. Um now I want to tell you that right now um my only real solid gig which is not <laughs> not been functioning due to the uh the quarantines and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, right. But um my main my weekly gig if I could label it like that, was playing for church. And it's great. I mean, I love it. I only really... I don't, don't think there's anything wrong with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, 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 it's beneficial all the way around, you know? Right. And, I mean, I get to play with my son. My son plays drums. That's pretty plays, awesome, yeah. yeah it's That's really cool, and I, I love it. And I get to play with guys that I really like. And I, I don't have a problem. I We actually, a lot of the songs that we do, if we do... We do some of the originals. Lee Kimmons is our, our praise and worship leader uh, for the uh, first service. And we do a lot of songs that he's written. And that's, that's always cool. fun. And then when we do covers, we don't do them like the recordings. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't even like most of them. I, now, I don't have any, now, when I see when I say that, immediately you got people who say, oh my gosh, you don't like praise and worship music. Look, I love what they say. Right. I mean, yeah, there's some debates. There's some people who don't like Hillsong for whatever reason, or they don't like, uh, what's the other one? Um, that's a new Bethel. one I just read about too, is, yeah. is Hillsong. And, and then there's Bethel and there's all these, and okay, fine. You know, you, you don't think they have theological enough, you know, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. But, but as far as the music is concerned, well, I don't really like the music most of the time, but that's me. That's that's my personal taste. But when we go to play them, I don't even play them like the recordings. I just get the basic, you know, the intro, verse, chorus, you know, maybe the bridge. We just get the layout, and our praise and worship leader worries about, we arrange it how, you know, best suits my personal expression. So I get to do a lot of things. You know, I get to do my inner Neil Sean, or, you know, I yeah. don't really do a, a, I don't really Van Halenize anything. 
Uh, but I do, you know, I I do get to play plenty of guitar, and I do get to play. I get do I can do clean tones, I can do dirty tones, I can do all sorts of different things. They're they're really flexible. They've allowed me to do things. If if you heard my podcast with uh, Pastor Wiley, um, you know, he really likes the fact that I feel free. Now I do what I can to protect, and and that's that's the aspect of playing praise and worship. You wanna you wanna have the, the, the man of the house, you want to have that person's back protected. So I there are things right. that I, I know I shouldn't do in context, but that's just being a, a mature musician. Right. Okay. Right. Not because they're holding me back, but because I got to know when it's appropriate. To play. I mean, even in secular venues, you have that. You got to know when to play and when not to play, and you got to know right. what you have to have the right sound for the you know for the situation and whatnot. So none of that none of that changes, right? But I'm like you, I, I you know, there's a time to get out and crank up the Marshall stack and <laughs> and be loud and 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 jump around stage and right. be excited and just enjoy enjoy the audience. Right. And, you know, have this have this experience between you, you guys in the audience. And there there is nothing like that. There, there really isn't for a musician. Oh. There's nothing like that. And a lot of people who don't play music or, you know, they don't do it for a living or they don't, you know, they're hobbyists, I guess. I mean, you could, I guess you consider me a hobbyist to a certain extent because I'm certainly not on a. A professional level. I mean, I try to operate on a professional level, but I, I know right. I know where I am level wise and stuff like that. But you try to explain these things to people who are only peripheral to music, and they just don't understand. Music is a performance art, right? And we hear I hear this all the time, Jim. I hear it all the time that you know we're not supposed to be up there performing. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we are. You know, I have to be focused on my performance. I was telling uh, Pastor Wiley that in my my podcast. I said, Look, I have to be focused in order for you to do what you do, and in order for me to set that, I have to pay attention to what I'm doing. Okay. Right. Now that doesn't mean I'm not worshiping, right. but that is a different aspect of worship than say someone who's sitting in the in the seat in the audience. Right. Okay. What I'm doing is, uh, is a whole different thing. Okay. It, it doesn't mean that my worship is less. It just means that it is different. Right. And so, for example, one of the things I said was, I said, if you'll notice, I said this to the pastor, I was like, if you notice, I'm not a display oriented guy. I might shout amen or something like that on occasion. Right. I might raise my hand. Other than that, you won't see me with my hands all up in the air and doing it. I, I rarely do me that. Okay. My wife's the same way. I, I, I just never do that. I've never been right. like that. Okay. But when I'm behind my guitar, oh, I'm all over it. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is that, it, and I, I'm telling you, Pastor, it doesn't mean that I, it means I'm listening to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of God is saying something through you, and I, he, you've got my attention. Right. So I, you know, that's that's a different thing altogether, and so, uh, 
uh, I went off on that tangent. I'm not really sure why. I guess I guess because I'm I'm tired of hearing people say, and I see I see it on Facebook. I saw it back on Firestream when we were on Firestream. You know, I'm I'm tired of hearing this this idea that we're not supposed to be performing. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yes, yes, we are supposed to be performing. He didn't. He didn't give you those talents for nothing. Right. Exactly. Right. And now, am I enriching myself by doing? Well, no. <laughs> I'm not making any money at it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, and that's fine. I'm not. I'm, that's not why I'm doing it. Okay. Right. Am I getting some accolades? Well, yeah, I get some. I mean, you know, if you're if you play in a praise team chances are other praise teams know who you are or other, you know, you know, or, you know, certainly the congregants, even if they don't know your name, they know you, Hey, you're, you're, you're the guitar player at my church. You know, I, yeah. it, 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 you're going to have some notoriety that, that just comes with the territory. Right. Okay. Just like if you're a pastor, if you're a pastor, you're going to have some kind of notoriety. It may not be large notoriety, you know, not world fame or anything like that, but you're going to have some notoriety that's, that comes with the territory and you can use that to your advantage. You can use that to your benefit. Right. Um, and, uh, it's the same thing with your skills as a musician. You can use your performance abilities to enhance what's going on on stage. Right. And, no, I, it's not about being a rock star. I get I get a chance to play rock star in my band, so to speak. But even <laughs> but even that, you know, it's funny that uh, it's funny that I even mentioned that because the thing is, I've noticed that whenever, and I'm sure you noticed this too, whenever you were playing in a solid band lineup, that it gives you a sort of you have to walk a certain way. You, yeah. Uh, it, it's like, um, I'm sure you've heard this. You, you have to dress for success. Right. What, why do you think you have, you know, if you have, you've been in the army, so, you know, people have, they have their rank mm -hmm. insignia or, you know, whether it be on their sleeve or on their lapel, you know, right. they have. And with that comes a certain, you, you know, an officer has to carry himself a certain way. He has to right. carry himself differently than a regular NCO. Yeah, there's certain expectations that comes exactly. with Exactly. Okay. And it's the same thing. So, I mean, there's there's higher responsibility, but there's also higher privilege that comes right. with the rank. And it comes with Well, they've also got you, you got your medals and your badges and things you've earned that you work right. hard, you know, whether it be your airborne badge, you know, your 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 rifle badge you know all those things that go with it there's a reason why that stuff is there it right. it you have to and you have to walk it don't you yeah and well it's the same thing here with you know me as a musician in a band of some notoriety i have to walk it right and some people see that, at least a lot, a lot of Christians in Christian circles, they're like, oh, you think you're a rock star. You know, you, you're not supposed to be a rock star. 
Okay, no, I'm not supposed to be womanizing. No, I'm not supposed to be intoxicated. No, I'm not supposed to be going around, you know, putting illicit pharmaceuticals in my arm. No, I'm not supposed to be, you know, uh, you know, falling down, you know, you know, bringing, I'm not supposed to be bringing the church into ill repute and, you know, my own Christian. I understand that. But this whole idea, I'm not supposed to walk around like, uh, carry myself a certain way because of who I am as a musician, I'm, I'm sorry that that's just, that doesn't compute. I don't know right. what you know, that's not being, that's not being, that's not lacking in humility. That's understanding right. what I'm supposed to, the authority that I'm supposed to walk in, in that right. context. Right. Okay. I mean, I can't go around going, do you know who I, I can't walk to a movie theater and say, I demand to go to the front of the line. Do you know who I am? No, of course not. But at the same time, when I'm on stage and even or when I'm at the venue, there's a reason why I have that band only badge on, or that's a reason exactly, yeah. you know, there, there's a reason why I have access to the stage and you don't. There's a reason why they've carted us off to the back room to, to give us, you know, food or whatever, because we're doing something. Okay, we're providing a service. And we're doing them. So there there are privileges that go with the responsibility. Right. And go with go with with and so I, I think a lot of people don't understand the distinctions and how you can operate. I think that they really do think that we're I'm I'm not even sure how to phrase this, but I would say that and I want I want to I want to hear your opinion on this, for for a, a deeper at a deeper level I guess, but it almost appears that if you become a Christian, it seems like you can't do anything because you're gonna fall, you know. You're in other words, no, I can't do that because I'm a Christian now, and I, and I just I'm too weak. I I can't walk on my two legs. I'm too weak. I can't go. I, I can't go play in a bar because I might just, you know, go on a bender or I, you know, I can't, I can't go down to, uh, I can't go to the music shop because all I'm going to hear is, you know, some, you know, someone talking about sex or, you know, in their songs or something like right. that. And it just becomes a point where you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. I think, I think it's, uh, those people who say that kind of thing, I think those are people who may not survive if they were doing the same thing. Right. So they hold you to the same, to the same status, which is not, not true. And some people it would be true. Uh, I enjoy listening to mostly almost all the time. Uh, I do listen to some secular music, but. I, not a great deal of it anymore. So, but I listen to, you know, the bands like decipher down those harder bands. Uh, there's a ton of them out there. I don't have time to mention all of them, but that I listen to, but, uh, I, and you know, the letter black, I love those guys and their female singer. And I've always thought that they've been better than a, a couple of other bands that I'm not going to say them because I like them all, but 
uh, but I love the letter black. They're, they're just great guys. And I've actually met them personally. So, uh, so there's that too. I could be a little biased, I guess, maybe. But, sure. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So, <laughs> That's all right. I think that those people who say that to you are people who would have an issue if they were doing the same thing, they don't listen to, you know, they, they don't listen to, uh, uh, that type of music because they would fall. I mean, let's face it. it it's hard to defeat the flesh. I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to work at it. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not you're right. You're, you're right. Easy. It is. That, that's exactly right. And, I, and, I, and the only reason why I'm interrupting you is because that's, a, that's a valid point. Right. But what I find interesting, especially someone who was in the military, right. Um, is fighting is, is defeating the flesh any different in any other venue. In, in other words, okay, you were in the military. You already know that there's all sorts of stuff that goes on with people in the military. That, right. You know, it's, it, the, the kind of lifestyle is the, the, the kind of lifestyle you described uh, is not exclusive to music. Right. And so, I mean, you're you're surrounded by the flesh everywhere right you you have to battle the flesh if you weren't a musician if you were you know a walmart associate or a podcaster or you know uh, a ditch digger or exactly a ceo of a of a major company there's always the battle of the flesh yeah so you know i mean making these distinctions as if Somehow being in music just makes you more susceptible. It, 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 yes, it is true. There are doors that do seem to open. Right. In, uh, easier ways, I suppose. But to quote Nancy Reagan, just say no. I mean, (laughs) you, 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 you can say no in any other situation. Why can't you say no then? Right. So, you know, and, and I mean, I know plenty of people who were never involved, can't play a note of music that were involved in all sorts of things that is typical to the rock star lifestyle. They're doing mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And, uh, and I'm so it's not exclusive to music by any means. Right. I agree. So, and and to to further your point from earlier, when you said I think that those people feel the they they're applying the they're essentially applying what God told them not to do to you. In other words, in other words, um, well, the way uh, some I've heard it posed by my pastors is, you know, uh, your conviction is not my command. Right. And I mean, I get it. I I think I think some people feel, you know, when when God tells them, no, you know, Jim, no, you can't do this. You think that means that God is saying that to me, too. No, Jim, you got to put your base down. No, Jim, you've got to do this. So that must mean in Jim's mind, of course, I know it doesn't happen like that. But in Jim's mind, that must mean that, well, guess what? You know, Will, you, you need to 
you need to lay down your guitar because, you know, I I laid my bass down and I feel so much freer because well that's fine. That's you. If God told you to do that, by all means, do what God told you to do. Right? right. And you better know that that's what God told you to do. Right. But if God told you to do that, then you'd better do it. But that's not my command. And so I I, th- I think I think it's a little bit of jealousy if you ask me. It could be. Yeah. You know, you remember you remember do you you have siblings, right? Yes, I have two sisters. Right, okay. Now, I have one brother and he's a younger brother. And one of the things that that he uh that you know, I remember growing up, my, it was interesting. My parents never did this never did this well. If we get we get William a toy a, a, a toy car, we got to get Jimmy a toy car. It never that never happened like that. You know. And they didn't Huh? Your brother's name? Jim. Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy. And um, we didn't, you know, so my parents didn't play that. They, they didn't have favorites, but they didn't also, not everything that I got was equal to what my brother got and vice versa. Because right. we're individuals. We're different people. Sure. And so uh, having said that, it's real. it was real tempting, you know, when you're a, a little kid to go, well, how come he got to do that and I didn't get to do that? Okay, and usually it was because, you know, I got to do something because I was willing to, I don't know, maybe I cleaned my room and my brother didn't clean his. Right. Well, how come he gets to go outside and play? I got to say, well, that's because he cleaned his room. Okay, right. if you want the same privilege, then you need to clean up your room. Or, you know... Well, how come he gets dessert and I don't get dessert? Well, that's because he cleaned his plate and you didn't, you know. Right. I mean, it, it goes both ways, you know, both. And, and we'll see, a, a lot of us Christians, we do that very same thing with our gifts. Well, how come he gets to go outside and do this? Well, you know, God's saying, well, that's because he was faithful over here in this aspect. And right. I'm not concerned about him being out in that avenue, whereas you... <laughs> right. You you need to sit down, shut up, and wait until I tell you to get up. Right. And I, I think a lot of times it's jealousy. Could be. You know, I mean that's my analysis. I I don't know if I'm right. But of course I'm right. It's my show. That's right. <laughs> so you're right. I I don't I guess I don't dwell on it that much. I don't I don't think about it that much because I I really as bad as this is going to sound, I really, at my age now, I don't care what people think. How old are you now, Jim? I'm 57. 57. You're 57. So more years than 60, but, and, and I don't, I don't necessarily feel old or nothing like that or feel, I'm not, that's not saying it because of that. I just really, I, I mean, I do care. I mean, I kind of care what people think, you know, cause I want to, I want to be walking right and, and I want them to see me as a, and as an example of a, not, I want server is probably not the right word I'm talking about, but I enjoy being around people. I enjoy taking care of people, uh, when I can, uh, but other than that, I really don't care what people think about me. I, I mean, I, I can't dwell on that. I, I care what God thinks about me, Well, and <laughs> but, see, that's, obviously, but that's I just it. don't, I, 
I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't no. mean that in egotistical or nothing like that. I just, I can't, I, if anything God has shown me is I can't worry about everybody else's feelings. Right. Uh, right. as far as, yeah, as far as what they, what they think about me, I just got to follow his commandments and everything else will work out. Well, you know, it's funny it was in, in the, uh, original take, uh, that we were having the sound, excuse me, we're having the sound issues about, right. we were talking about Bobby and we were talking about, you know, how he has perfected the whole, you know, he perfected the whole social distancing thing long, yeah. long before it was a thing. Right. And, um, part of the reason why, you know, he's even gotten labeled that, you know, uh, he think he's on a power trip or he thinks he's all that, which is not Bobby at know, all, it's not him at all. But you know, when he gets focused on something, you know, he's like, look, I'm not really interested in what everybody's been. Everybody can say whatever they want to say because I know what I'm supposed to go and do. This is, and you know, Jesus is the only one I care to please. Right. You know? And now some people can use that as an excuse to, to do whatever, you know, to, to be mean or to, you know, or to be, right. you know, be ugly to people and stuff like that. I, I understand that. But at the same time, a, a lot of people really, uh, most people are just not that focused. And see, that's the thing when, when um, it's, it's funny. Um, uh, I'm sure over the years you've played the, um, uh, the, um, the, the game risk. I played it once or twice. Yeah. Okay. It's too long of a game for me. It's a long game, but, um, I remember with some friends of mine, I was, I was teaching college and career Sunday school and most of them were GIs, young GIs. And, uh, we were up in Ohio at a friend of mine, one of, one of my, one of the Sunday school students who, <laughs> happened it's it's a long story but we 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 were friends with friends and and right. so anyway we were up there and we were playing risk and one of the things that my buddy randy would always talk about he was a soldier he was stationed at fort bragg but his family lived in ohio and he said um uh he said one of the keys to playing this to to, to winning this game is to stick to your mission Right. You know, you get these little mission cards and I was always, I was kind of, I was okay with the game, but I was always about world domination. I was always trying to, right. you know, I, that's, and I always seem to get myself overextended or, you know, right. and then, you know, and ultimately the game, I'd lose the game because I was overextended. And one of the keys that he said to winning the game was stick to your mission. You get that mission card. Stick to your mission. Do everything, cater everything, all your moves to getting that mission done. And the mission in this particular game that I had, was, you know, nobody else knew what it was. But the mission was I had this little teeny tiny territory and I was supposed to, the, the, the mission requirements was I was supposed to hold it for till the end of the game without being captured. I didn't have to conquer any other territories. My whole goal was to hold that territory with my, no one was supposed to be able to conquer it by the end of the game. 
Right. All right. So I'm making moves where a lot of times I would forfeit my opportunity to attack. Sometimes I would att- make an attack just to do it, just to throw them off track, just to because right. so they wouldn't guess what my mission was. And I l- let them devour each other. Now, I didn't win that game, but I got close. And because everybody would be like, what are you doing? You know, what? Are, I don't understand. Sometimes you attack, sometimes you don't. Uh, you know, <laughs> I might lose a little, you know, I might attack and conquer a little country and then lose it a little bit. But as long as my main country wasn't being taken over, I was fulfilling my mission. Right. So at the end of the game, I showed my card and I did manage to accomplish my mission, but I didn't win the game because the my opponent who had won had, I think there was like three or four mission requirements that he had, and I only had I think I I think I only got one or two of mine. But the, right. my my main mission was I I'd done what I done. He was I said so he said well, let me see your mission card. I want to see what. So I showed him, and he was like, oh okay, I understand what you're doing. See, I was sticking to my mission. Right. Okay. And, you know, well, why aren't you doing this, William? Or why aren't you attacking like this? Or why aren't, you know, why are you kind of just sitting there? Like, you're not even, doesn't even seem like you're interested in playing. No, I was interested in playing, but I was sticking to my mission. And, right. And I, I don't think that, I don't think that most Christians get that. That, you know, your your mission and my mission are different. I mean, in the right. overall grand scheme of things, yes, we have the same mission, but we don't right. accomplish it the same way. So it's the same thing as uh, the different parts of the church body. Everybody has their part. You know, just like it says, you know, what, you know, you can't have a body without a foot. I know that's I'm summarizing, but uh, yeah, right, right. Each each part of the body has their own has has its own responsibility, and and it's the same way, you know, with what we're talking about. You know, it's where somebody may somebody who's not a musician may be a listener. We'll just say that, or or maybe they're a stagehand, or maybe they're you now we're talking specifically about music now, uh, but they're not the performer. You know, or right. the musicians. So, right. uh, so, but they're all. Without them, we couldn't. We, we couldn't, couldn't do what we do, right? Do what we do. So, we we all have a purpose in life. It's just like the same thing in the military. It doesn't matter if you're infantry or if you're mortar or if you're, you know, uh, oh, I can't think of. Anyways, you know what I'm saying. If you're not, if you're, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody has their place, right? You know, it's just like the Air Force has their place. I mean, thank the Lord for the Air Force, you know, in combat because they can soften targets for us where there's less casualties. Right. So, uh, not on the enemy side, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. You know, but on our side, it helps. Yeah. So, uh, so, and, and I don't think people think the big picture like that. I, I think in in today's society, people are so caught up in, you know, what's good for me. Right. And, and 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 that selfishness you you're, you're right and okay and 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 that that is even in that that is even in the more spiritual among us 
And right. we pay lip service to that. I mean, we we will admit, yes, you know, I have sins that that you know we all say that you know I've sinned and this that and the other. But we're almost so blase blase about it. We just kind of we just kind of acknowledge, yeah, you know, we have sins, but uh, we don't really know. I mean, we we do know, but we 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 talk about it like we don't really know what they are. You right. know, it, it's like yeah, well, you know. I know you have sins, Jim, and I have sins. And, you know, we have things that, you know, God is constantly trying to weed out of us and things like that. But we're not going to talk about it. Right. And we usually think that because maybe, you know, maybe we don't have a lust problem. Okay. But you do have a selfishness problem. Right. Or maybe, you know, maybe maybe uh, you don't have a, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe you, you know, you have a, better habit of reading your bible more than me but you know you're arrogant about it right of course and, and i mean everybody's got these issues and, and varying to varying degrees uh some things i think are how shall i put this i i think that how certain sins affect your life are different i mean right. i personally i think if Personally, I think if you have a, an issue with using four-letter words all the time, is a lot less of an issue than somebody who say cheats on his cheats on his or her spouse, or right. you know, I, I mean, you know, if if all things were equal. So, but having said that, we 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 tend to say that that we tend to act like selfishness that, that that kind of selfishness that uh that says that, that, I don't, i'm i'm kind of losing my coherence here um <laughs> <laughs> sorry um i i just i'm tr- i'm trying to i'm trying to vocalize this 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 picture that that you've actually helped paint that well, a lot of people don't realize that even though they're blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled Christians, mm-hmm. that they they don't have things that need to get that need to change or they need to get rid of, or there are things that they need to add right to to their life that they're not doing, you know, that they're not seasoning their life with the things that they need to be seasoning it because they think they're just fine, right? So. Uh, you know, I know we've we've spoken a lot about music, and of course that's the tie that kind of binds you and I. Right, um, right. You know, but it, it it seems to me that that there's there's this unspoken uh, undiagnosed uh, arrogance. In people who think that I actually got told this, I'll tell you, this kind of helps. I got told this by somebody who was a youth leader of mine, and I was big into Striper when they had come out, right. and uh, she actually told me to my face. She said, "You can't, you can't worship God and listen to that stuff." And I'm thinking, well, two things I was thinking. Number one, I was thinking, uh, 
even though it is Christian. They 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 were unashamedly Christian, and you know all their lyrics reflected it and stuff like that. I mean, I don't truly didn't know who they were behind the scenes, but at the same right. time, I mean, there's some things you just can't fake, right? And so, but there was that was the my first thing. My second thought was, oh, I can't be. You're going to tell me that, but your own son listens to, uh, Bon Jovi, and you don't have a problem with that. Right. So I didn't say that because I didn't have the wherewithal at that time, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, because I respected people who were in authority over me. But right. if I had been a different personality, I have a feeling she wouldn't have said that to me. Um, but anyway, I so that, to me, that was spiritual arrogance. Right. But I, I, I'd agree with that. I, I, uh, I sometimes wonder what people think I, I, there's, there's so many, so many folks out there that they are quick, super quick to cut you down because of the music you listen to or, you know, just anything. And, and they don't even know you really. They don't, they don't know your walk. They don't know anything about you. I mean, they, they know what they see physically. Uh, and you know, and if, I mean, I could do nothing different. I could, I could walk the walk. I could talk the talk. But if somebody knew that I listened to, let's say, what's the band? A secular band I listen to, Alter Bridge. Oh yeah, great. Band. Yeah, great band. Yeah. If I, you know, their opinion to me would be completely different. That's right. And uh, so, and it's 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 not right. I mean, it's wrong. I, I just, you know, they can't they put their self up on a pedestal and they forgot that we are all fallen. You know, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, they're not any different than I am. Now they may walk a little different than I do maybe, or, or something like that, but it doesn't give them the right to tell me I'm going to hell in a handbasket because I listen to a band that happens to be secular, you know, because that's not, that's not a. Uh, uh, that's not biblical, anyway. So. Well, it's not. I you know you you remind me of a story. Another another story. I'm full of stories. Another story. I had an experience with uh, uh, a a preacher, in uh, who I loved and respected, but I was basically told that I can't. I shouldn't be listening to heavy metal music because right. uh you know the you know the themes of drugs and sex and uh you know other things that you know aren't you know and the lifestyles of these people and I was thinking okay wait a minute you have a problem with me listening to music not only for its content but for the lifestyles behind it but you are a right. huge NFL fan you know, you're a huge football fan. Right. And I happen to know that not all them guys are Boy Scouts. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And you want to talk about drugs and you want to talk about sex and you want to talk about lifestyles that are definitely not Christ-like. Oh, the, the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, uh, the, you know – 
uh, MLB, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, I mean, the, you know, hockey, uh, you know, I'm not against sports at all. I don't have a problem. That major League Boneheads? Is that yeah, what that Major is? League Boneheads. But mm. I'm not against, I'm not against at all, you know, uh, and also my, my dear pastor friend knew a lot of big, I mean, big wigs in not only in our town, but in our state. Right. Okay. Well, I also happen to know <coughs> that those kind of things are ripe with corruption. You know, I mean, you know, there's, there's people with cocaine habits and alcohol right. abuse and certainly uh, adultery and stuff like that goes on in those kind of venues, but you don't seem to have a problem with that. And right. so I, I remember saying, you know, confronting with us, well, wait a minute, you know, you're telling me about the lifestyles of the rock star, but what about the sports star? What about the, the highfalutin, uh, the rich and famous, you know, the, the, some of right. the people that you, you know, I mean, there's, there's tons of issues in those circles. People that you worship on a daily basis. How come, how come that's okay? to involve yourself in. And he said to me, he said, well, see the NFL wasn't, you know, that the NFL wasn't started on the premise of, uh, you know, drugs and sex. Okay. Your point. Exactly. Because, you know, and I remember one of his sons had confronted me with the same thing. And I, I told him flat out, I said, no, you ain't got no room to say anything to me about this because you like the NFL. I mean, you, right. you know, you're a you know huge Redskins fan. Well, I am too, but that's beside the point. Um, Shame on you. You are, yeah, oh well. <laughs> I'm a Broncos fan. So. That's a whole different podcast, dude. <laughs> yes, we'll get into it someday, I'm sure. Someday, yeah, but not, today is not that day. Um, no. But I guess my point was, you know, you, you're you basically what you're doing is you're saying because you don't like this, you know, you don't like the way it sounds or whatever. It's not in your wheelhouse, so therefore right. it must be wrong, okay. But your own personal preferences are sacrosanct. You right. can you you know it. That's okay, for the very I same reasons. I don't know if you and I see eye to eye on this subject I'm fixing to bring up, but that's all right. I I want you on to be real. No, it's okay. We we've we're not going to agree on everything, obviously. That's fine. And we're good friends, so we can get over it. So, Uh, well, at least for now. (laughs) Now, yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's here's the thing that I it's uh uh it involves drinking alcohol. Um. Okay. So, I uh. Biblically speaking, it's it gives you guidelines in the Bible of what not to do. Uh, it doesn't say you can't drink alcohol. It does say don't become a drunkard. I agree. It doesn't say that you can't. It, it does say that a that a pastor should not. Uh, it should be he should not be given to much wine. Right, given to much wine. So, 
<coughs> thank you <laughs> for that. I, I, I completely forget what the words were. Uh, so, uh, Jennifer and I, we were known to have a glass of wine, you know, before dinner or at with dinner or whatever. And there are some folks that absolutely frown on that because, you know, we profess to be Christians because we are, but I don't drink to be, to get drunk. I have a great, cause it does say in the, who was it? Uh, Timothy. Timothy. Yeah. Uh, he was told to, to drink, uh, wine for the sake of his stomach. Right. You know, so it's, it's like, I mean, Jesus turned water to wine. It, it, exactly. So I don't, I don't, yeah. and it's, it's the same way with beer too. I mean, it, regardless it's alcohol, but I mean, some people just drink to get drunk and, and of course we don't do that, but I, and I ain't saying that in my lifetime that I haven't been drunk cause I have, uh, but, uh, not recently. <laughs> Not, not, not today, not, right? <laughs> not today. Uh, and not even nowhere close to present time, but, uh, over the last couple of years anyways, when I've, uh, when I've actually got back, you know, cause I was, I well, was away from God for a while, but I just, I just, I have a problem with some denominations that, that'll just tell you that because you drink you're you know you can't be a christian and stuff and, and it's just not biblically correct well and 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 it's it, okay first of all you haven't said anything that i disagree with okay right. so we're, i just wasn't sure how you yeah, felt about so yeah. and to each his own if if you feel that you right. you should be drinking then don't drink now i i'm gonna tell you i i i hang with since i got remarried i hang with people that uh, I hope we're listening, but they probably, are, <laughs> but I hope we're listening. And I hang with people who are not believers, right? You know, they're not, or, uh, they're not followers. I probably right. should say it that way. They're not followers of Christ, you know, and it's not important to them. That's fine. Okay. That's their business. Okay. And they know I'm a Christian and right. on occasion I'll have a beer. Right. I don't have a problem with that. I've never had a problem with that. Right. Um, because I know what the scriptures say. Right. Now, I am very careful who I admit that to. Of course, <laughs> here I am doing this on my podcast, but I know what the scriptures say about it. Okay. Now, I have never been drunk in my life. And that's not <laughs> always because <laughs> that's not large reason why is less spiritual and more physical. I don't find the idea of getting puke drunk to be fun are to be i i don't see it as healthy i don't see it as so i don't you don't have to be in the times i've got drunk just pure ignorance i just you don't you don't have to be a you don't have to be a christian to teetotal okay right so you know i have my reasons for not doing it that are really to be honest with you more selfish than spiritual right but there have there was a time in my life when I did, for lack of a better term, fear it, and in the sense that I didn't want to violate what I felt were God's laws. But the more that I studied the Scripture, the more I realized right. that that issue was not a major, you know, like like um, I I cited the the miracle Jesus miracle at Cana, the wedding at Cana, 
when he right. when he changed the water into wine. I've always asked people who were the, you know, preaching the against alcohol. I always asked them, why did Jesus turn the water into wine? You know, I mean, that's what they were saying. The problem was there's not enough wine. And, right. you know, the wine's all run out. Why didn't Jesus just change? You know, and I, I hear people say, well, you know, the water was not all that, you know, pure, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Why didn't Jesus turn it to pure water? Why didn't he purify the water instead of change it to wine? He, and it says in that scripture, it says that the wine was the choice wine. In other words, because the, the 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 head of the of the the head of the household who tasted the wine said, or you know, he said, usually people bring out the choice wine first, right? And everybody gets drunk and they can't tell that the bad wine is bad wine because they're already drunk. Right, but exactly. you saved the choice wine for the last. So in other words, they were not they were not ignorant of the fact that it was alcoholic. Right. And that it was, you know, Jesus didn't seem to have a problem with it. And no. I'm Again, I'm not. This is not an advocating for for going out and getting drunk. I'm not saying that. Exactly, what yeah. I what I'm saying is that it seems to me that people don't really study the scripture for what it actually says, but they take their their already their presuppositions, and we all do this, I guess, suppose at some level, but they take their presuppositions. And they put it into the scripture and say, see, this is what the scripture says. Well, that's not what the scripture says. And right. uh, again, this is and then, of course, when you start saying stuff like that, then that means that you're advocating for sinful behavior. No, I'm simply saying that you're not taking a balanced view of what the scripture actually says. Right. And you're heaping upon people unnecessary convictions, forced conviction that is not. Um. That's not from God, okay? Right. Because from what I see in the scriptures that that uh, God regards as sins. Now, drunkenness is in there. Yes, it, it does talk about that. But uh, as a matter of fact, it even says in the scripture, I forget exactly where, but it says in the scripture that drunkenness leads to other things, like right. you know. Lust and uh, lust and and numerous you know, things. Because your sure. your inhibitions come down, right? Exactly. What, what you know, normally, what you and I are sitting here, you know, we might have thoughts about things that we shouldn't shouldn't have, but we're not going to talk about it because we got an internal um, filter, you know. That and we're not we're not apt to act on it either, right? Exactly, because you know, even even if you're a follower of Christ or not, we all have filters. Right. You know, our, our 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 Christian filter should certainly be purer than than not. Right. But but right. at the same time, we 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 have God has built into us into our psyches these inhibitors. Well, alcohol tends to bring that down. Right. Okay. I've seen that. I know that. I understand. I know that. I know that would be true in my life if I chose to imbibe in great amounts. I'm one right. of those. I'm happy to have a beer. And I'm fine with that. I'll nurse right. a beer for, done, yep. for two hours. You know, it doesn't bother me. 
on rare occasions will I have more than one, but never more than two. That's just right. me. That's who I am. That part of that is discipline. Part of that, you know, part of that is spiritual, but most of it is right. just self-discipline. And that's right. one of the things that the Bible talks about, that, that one of the sp- fruits of the Spirit is self-discipline. Isn't that interesting that one of the fruits of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-discipline? Right. It's it's not God discipline. It's self-discipline. Now, right. I, and me saying that right now, I'm sure some of my listeners are like, wait a minute, you're not saying, you, you know, it's, it's clearly it's Christ in you who is doing, you know, because the Bible says Christ in you to, to, to will and to work, to do God's will. I, I get that. But <laughs> one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That we have to... We have to make choices. Right. And, you know, yeah, we're going to get thoughts. We're going to get thoughts. It's kind of like that old adage, um, you know, there's a difference between a bird flying over you and pooping in your head, pooping over your head, and you letting the bird make a nest in your hair. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, but anyway, back to the, to the, to the alcohol thing. Uh, and and to there are some things that there are some things that I don't think Christians should do based on my own experience and my own understanding of scripture right but I never ever tell people that when I when I'm with my non-christian friends and th- the, one of the things that they always say to me I've heard it numerous times was like you know because Sometimes they'll talk bad about Christians, and I'm right there in the room, <laughs> you know, and I'm right there in the room, and I don't raise any objections because they're not always wrong, by the way. Right. And I, I'll sit there, and and they'll kind of look at me, and go, "Well, we don't mean you, William." That's okay, guys. It doesn't really bother me that you know. Unfortunately, some of my Christian brothers and sisters do deserve the criticism that they're getting. Right. But I also note. And I, I try to be careful how I say this, but I also, I try to utilize as an opportunity to say, guys, this is the reason why I don't do certain things. I don't, you know, I'm not going to tell you what not to do because you're not a believer. Right. You're, you're not a follower of Christ. I, I had a friend of mine, I have a good friend of mine who is not a believer. And I, we, we were invited over to their house for a Halloween party or 4th of July. I think it was 4th of July. And there's all sorts of four-letter words flying, and there's, you know, plenty of libations and people right. people getting blitzed out of their minds, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I were talking, and, you know, every every two words is a swear word or this, that, and the other, and he would go, oh, I, I'm sorry. Sorry for what? I, I didn't mean to offend you. How did you offend me? <laughs> well, you know, because I this that and I was like, dude, I am a guest in your home. You invited me to come right. and celebrate with you. I knew what I was walking into when I came here. Okay. You're my friend. Okay. I know you're not a believer. I know you don't share my faith. That's fine. I'm 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 a big boy. I know what those words mean. I've heard them before I came here, okay? 
I don't expect you to change how you act just because I'm in the room. Okay. Right. If you do, if you choose to not swear around me, that's your business. I appreciate the respect, but you don't have to alter anything. I mean, it, look, if you're a child molester, I got a problem with that. You know, right. If, yeah. if, if, if you're cheating on your wife, I got a problem with that. You know, right. if you, if you're swinging a gun wildly that, you know, while we got, you know, innocent people around and you don't have it, you know, you're not handling a problem. I got a problem with that. You know, right. if you're making passes at my wife, I got a problem with that. But, right. but other than that, dude, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just not bothered by these things. Right. You know, I, I realize that you're not who I am. So right. and we've had a chance to talk more and more and more. And no, no, is he a believer now? No, he is not. He's not. Right. But he has he has started to kind of, you know, we've had some we've had some pretty good discussions. I haven't changed his mind on anything. And I'm not really trying to because, right. see, and this is another problem that. What we're supposed to be doing is, what did Jesus say? He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Right. Okay. I am supposed to be concerned about myself, my actions, right. what I do, how I am responding to the commands of God and how I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and how I am feeding my soul and stuff like that. I'm supposed to be... and. As I conform to what God commands me, then the likeness of Christ is formed in me. People will see Jesus in me, and it'll have nothing to do with what I am doing at the time. Now, I, I, I do believe, I, I don't want to cut your thought off, but I, I, I do believe, I do believe that you can hinder the reflection right. of the Holy Spirit by your actions. I do believe that. I do believe that there are things that I should not be doing. I do believe that there are places I shouldn't go there. I do believe that there are people that I going to have to cut out of my life because for whatever reason, their influence or their, not necessarily their influence, but the atmosphere around them, I can't, I can't be there. I do believe that. Right. But, but having said that, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'll let Jesus take care of what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't have to make that happen. I mentioned that very thing. It's, oh, it's probably been weeks ago now, but well, it's because we were in a meeting. So yeah, it's been weeks ago. So we were at a small group uh, community meeting that uh, from our church that we meet on every Thursday. And uh matter of fact, we did a, a zoom thing last night with all of them. So there's a bunch of us on there, but, uh, I mentioned that same thing. And we, 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 as Christians are trying to handle the big picture when God has not commanded us to handle the big picture. He's can't, he's, he's commanded us to handle our little space, uh, that he has given us, uh, the commandments that he has given us as he speaks to us and, and that's it. And he'll take care of the rest. You know, we're not, you know, if I go, if I, if I had, I could have just a, a casual conversation with, <clears throat> what to say, for instance, and just for an example, this does not happen, but just for example, 
I could have a casual conversation, happen to mention uh, something that happened to me or happen to mention Christ or something like that. And it could spark something in an individual, like a cashier or something. It could spark something. And that's all God wanted me to do was to mention his name. And then he'll take care of the rest. And now that's a, you know, like I said, it didn't ever happen, but it's an example of what can happen. Uh, and we need to, we need to forget that we, we need not to forget that we're not in control of the big picture. He is. And just handle our little space down here. Right. And, 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 and not only that, but you probably don't even know how many right. times you, you, you're probably, you, you said, well, that didn't happen. Well, you don't know that that didn't happen. That's true. We, I we don't, don't you're know, right. We don't even know after this podcast is over and it goes out. We don't even know. I, I'm sure I got some listeners who are not believers. They're not followers of Christ. Hey, okay. We we've never you. I've never denied who I am as a Christian. Okay. Right. So you already know that coming in to this. Okay. Right. And most of the people that I've spoken to, not everyone, but most of the people I've spoken to, are followers of Christ. Um, are are believers, and and it reflects in what they say and what they don't say. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fine. All right, but I have no, I have no desire there. And there are people that God has called to do this. I'm not saying right. that God, you know, but I've not been called to go on the street corner and proselytize. Right. Okay. Neither. Okay. And to be honest with you, I don't, I, I, I think we sometimes take examples from from history and stuff like that, and we say this is the model for how we should be preaching the gospel, or or how we should be uh, living for Christ. Well, unfortunately, if you if you look, have you ever noticed uh, if you read read any of the Old Testament prophets? Do you know not one of them did it the same way? Right. I mean, they're as different in personality as you, me, and our respective band members. Right. I mean, all sorts of different personalities. They're all on the same side. Some of them were contemporary. Some of them were different. But they didn't. They didn't. They didn't do things the same way. Largely because the cultures had changed. Right. Now, <clears throat> you and I both know that God doesn't change, and we both right. know that the plan of salvation is just as relevant today as it was a hundred years ago, as it was 200 years ago, as it was 500 years ago. Okay. But I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is there has to be a cultural context for how evangelism happens and how, how, you know, I'll say this, and I think I can speak for you when saying this, that for those listening, we would love for you to meet our Jesus. Okay. Neither Jim nor I are denying that's what we desire ultimately. Right. But it's not our job to push something on you. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you to, uh, I'm going to even use the word entice to entice you into a new life with Christ. 
Okay. If you don't believe that, I'm not going to twist your arm. Right. I, I'm not going to sit there and say, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to throw somebody aside and say, well, you know, well, then I guess you're going to hell. I, I just, you know, I do believe in hell. So do you, right. Jim, you know, I do believe in hell. Um, but, and I believe in judgment and stuff like that. I believe all of that. But that is not what compels us to do what we do. You know, right. our, our, our lives, we're, <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure you know about this. I don't remember the name of the experiment, but they they did this experiment. I think it's in Utah, I want to say. It was in the desert where right. they would take all these mirrors and they would, they had been like hundreds of them. And they would focus them on this one point. Each one was measured and angled a certain way so they would all focus on this one little teeny tiny point. Right. Focus the sunlight. As the sunlight rises up, you could, I mean, you could literally melt steel with the heat that was reflected off right. of each one of these little individual mirrors. Now, if you have a mirror, one little mirror is not going to do it. But thousands of them. Right. Okay. Well, you and I are little mirrors. Right. And if we're angled properly, and your angle might be different from my angle, but if we're angled right. properly, we can focus the image of Christ so that that's all that people see. Right. So that's a really good analogy. You know, so, so, you know, our job is to be reflections of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that we should. Oh, hey, by all means, um, that mean that's your sin problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 the the thing is, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do things and we shouldn't say things. You know, we shouldn't. I'm not saying we shouldn't discipline our lives. Right. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm not at all saying that. Uh, I personally, you know, I I have my own problem. I I know people do it. And I, I never judge him for it, but in my own life, I don't swear. I choose right. not to. Now, I'm not going to say that I haven't used one time or two, you know, in in times of real trauma. Or you know, I'm not going to yeah. say that. But for the most part, I, I'm I'm pretty clean mouth. That doesn't make me perfect. That doesn't make me better than anyone. Right. That just happens to be an area of my life that. I have better discipline. Right. Okay. I do have a problem with Christians who are in, in it's a personal issue. This is right. not, this is, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Holy spirit. I'm saying that I do have a personal problem that I have to work through with Christians who are a little bit too free with the four letter words. Right. Okay. I, I really do have a problem with that internally. But like the Bible says, you know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I don't think a whole lot of Christians, there are a lot of Christians that don't have a whole lot of fear and trembling when they're working (laughs) their salvation out. But having said that, that is my own little world. That is my own little mindset. And I am, for me, it's not a deal breaker. Right. It is for me internally, you know, William, for William, it, you know, but. You know, if if 
you do, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw you aside just because you might do that. Now, if you were to ask my opinion, if you were to say, hey, Will, you know, I really want your opinion on this issue here, then I could sit down and I could say, okay, well, Jim, this is what I feel, and here's why. Right. And that may not convince you. And I, then I have to go, okay, I've given you my opinion because you asked for it. That was something else, Bobby, you still, I've adopted this too. Look, if you don't want my opinion, don't ask. Because <laughs> right. I'm going to tell you. you know. And seriously, if you don't want my opinion, don't ask. Right. I'm not going to judge you because I'm not going to throw you aside just because maybe you don't do things quite the way I do. Now, there are some things that I do, you know, hey, if you were cheating on your wife, yeah, you better believe that I'd have to pull you aside and say, Jim, right? you know, uh, you know, or whoever else, but right at the same time. And then there are times when I'm like, you know, know what? That's not even my business. Cause there's a passage of scripture. I think it's in Peter. I think I can't remember for sure, but it says um, that it says we need to learn to live quiet lives and mind our own business. You don't hear that preached often. Nope. Um, I wish I could, I, I don't have it on. I don't, I don't, I don't know my Bible's over there, but. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't have it, but I. I do know that the, there's a passage of scripture. I think it's in Peter, but Paul may have been the one that said it. I don't remember which, but it's, we need to learn how to live quiet lives and mind our own business. And I think there's a lot of Christians that, unfortunately, I mean, it's in the world too. So I'm not just trying to slam my brothers and sisters, but uh, are you looking it up? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if this is it. I'm just looking in the on my phone. I'm sorry. I, I'm right. listening. To you, but I, That's all right. That's um. I don't remember exactly. I I I'm gotten that from the NIV translation too. So I've got an ESV. Okay. So you may not find it quite worded that way, but um, there is a passage of scripture that says that. So you know, in in all of this, one of the things that I think we're forgetting is the word balance. Uh. That, that, you know, we have to live balanced lives because, you know, you were in the military. Were you ever in a combat zone? Yeah. Okay, so you were in an active combat zone? Yeah, first go, first go for Okay, so I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, it's really easy for some of us who just, you know, it's really easy for me to sit here in this chair on a podcast. I don't have bullets flying over my head. I don't have people trying to kill me, and I... You know, I don't have, you know, the sounds of war and and the fog of war. I don't have all of that stuff. It's real easy for me to sit here and talk about, you know, how somebody should behave or, or act, you know, as a Christian. When the truth is, life, a lot of times, real life, is a lot like a war zone. There's right. a lot of chaos going on. You're long on enemy, short on ammunition. And, uh, you know, you're getting orders and counter orders and you got to move right and then left and then hold your position and you got somebody shooting at you and you don't know where the, the bullets are coming from and you might even have bullets coming from your own team. You know, I mean, all those things happen in 
in a firefight, in a combat zone. You know, in you know, you might have good intelligence, you might have bad intelligence, you might have no intelligence. Uh, I'm speaking of officers, of course, and I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. And so you you have this um, this fog of war. Well, real life is like that. And, you know, I, I remember seeing a clip, and we're going to start wrapping things up here. I, I, I saw this clip of, uh, it was a news clip, it was a, there was, a, there was a, a, a news reporter was with a platoon of Marines, I think. And what they were, you know, they were filming the daily activities, and they were on, they were on patrol, and they came under mortar attack. Uh, I think it was in Fallujah, um, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And all of a sudden, the platoon leader is, you need to get your effing blank, blank, blank over here. Get now. Move, move, move. You know, and you, you blah, blah. I mean, all sorts of four-letter words are flying. Well, you know what? That guy, and he was even commanding the, the person with the camera. Look, get your head down, you know, get your effing head down and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, you know what? This guy is trying to be responsible for everybody in his platoon, including the reporter and the reporter's cameraman. So he doesn't have time to be nice. He doesn't have time to be subtle. You know, it's, you know, and I'm thinking, I remember telling my wife as I was watching that, I was like, you know what? Oh, my wife at the time. I, I was thinking, you know what? I think him spewing those four letter words are not even on God's radar. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just don't, I just don't see that. I, I don't see God holding this guy accountable for, uh, vulgar language being used in a chaotic situation. Right. Now that's just me. I can't, I'm not going to say I preach that, but I, I, I do think that, some things are just not important issues that we've made important. Uh, yeah, exactly. Here's there's a you reminded me of a of a quote from uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, somebody asked him. This may not even be relevant to. I've just I just got to get it out and say it for some reason. So, uh, somebody asked him if he prayed uh, before the game to win the game, and his comment was. I really don't think God is concerned on whether I win this game or not. I'm just going out here to play football. <laughs> That's right. So, That's, you know, it and it's, and it, and it puts things in perspective. So I, uh, I don't, I, I think, I think we get too caught up in stuff. Sometimes uh, we being Christians, and we get caught up in the wrong stuff. We don't even pay attention to what the scripture actually says. Uh, and it's not everybody obviously, but, uh, I, I looked for years. Well, I mean, you're literally years to find a church body to be around that lived according to the scripture. I mean, I, I just, I searched and searched and searched and, and I'd go to places where, it looks like they're living to according to scripture, but they wouldn't even talk to you when you came in. I mean, they, they didn't say hi. They weren't friendly. 
And I'm thinking, you know, this is just not, and I'm sure it's God telling me that that's just not where I want you. Well, I'm at Metro Life Church now, the wife and I, and they, uh, and they're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Uh, we get that out there right away. But they're as close as, as you can be as a church body of living exactly by scripture. Now, some scripture is hard to live by. I mean, it's, it's a tall, tall order to be able to do uh, what we're commanded to do each day. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, you gotta, you have to focus and are we all, are we, are we all that focused all the time? Well, heck no, we're not. We're not that focused because we're humans, you know, and, and I don't use that as an excuse, but you know, we are after the fall, not before the fall. So, uh, and so we're going to do things, uh, that are not pleasing in the eyes of God. Uh, but he is kind and just enough, uh, to forgive us. Uh, and we only have that Avenue because he did send Jesus, uh, for us. And, you know, so I, I just, uh, I think we lose focus on, on biblical facts more than anything. Just we, people just tend to, you know, like when I was growing up, I thought, I thought you were going to hell if you drink any alcohol, Right. you know, based on sermons and stuff I heard in church. Right. 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 But you know, as I got older and I got more into the scripture, I found out, well, that's probably not the truth. Well, <laughs> so. and, and, and I want to add to that because, you know, I, I grew up in church too, and I, I probably heard sermons like that, but you also have to understand that you're listening different now as an adult than you were, say, as a kid. And so um, there's this, I, I don't want to, I, I don't know how to, if I, I don't want to lose myself here. Um, you, uh, You don't, I I don't remember every word from every sermon I ever heard. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if I were to go back and revisit those sermons, if I had a way to do it, would be a tape or video or whatever, I'd be like, oh, that's what that person meant. Or, you know, because sometimes we, we only hear certain things and they, and it, hits us at the moment or whatever, because maybe we are dealing with that or maybe we're not dealing with it. It just happened to be something that reflected what we grew up with or whatever. And and I'm not saying that's wrong. Um, I don't want to, I, I don't want to mislead anybody who may not have attended church or, you know, maybe is questioning. Right. I don't want, you know, that we're all, you know, preachers always wrong because generally they're not. But right. after hearing, you know, I'm 52 years old after you know, being in church for pretty much 50 years, I've heard thousands of sermons mm-hmm. and I can't, you know, eventually it becomes, you don't remember specifics. You just remember, um, what's, you just remember, I guess, atmosphere or you right. remember, it's like, you know, I, a friend of mine once said that when she watches movies, she couldn't tell you really what, she just remembers that she liked the movie. She thought it was great, but she doesn't remember all the details. The details were just, you know, it was the feeling that she got from it. Well, after a while, you kind of, you don't have to remember specifics. You just kind of know the gist right. of what these little things 
these right. little applications. Music's the same way. I mean, how many times have you gone back and listened to a recording that you've listened to since you were, you know, since you got into music and all of a sudden you heard something new? Right. Well, it was already there. It had always been there. You're just now attuned to it. So, right. I, you know, I don't want to give the impression to anybody who's not churched or, you know, I don't want to give the impression that these people are always wrong. Why should we? It's not like that. It's, no, that it's not like that at we, all. we change as people. We change as individuals. And the, the spirit of God is doing something in our lives. So at that right. point, that may be something that you needed to hear at that time. You may have had to, you may have needed that mindset because you were getting ready to go into a part of life where that was a necessary uh, inhibition. That was a right. necessary. Okay. But now that you're, you're through that. Now God's taking you somewhere else. And yeah, I think it's go ahead. I think it's interesting on how, and it just goes along with the same, same premise, I guess, is how you can read. I mean, it just amazes me. It astonishes me half the time. I, I can read scripture that I've read three or four times. And then throughout the years and this, I never got it before. And then all of a sudden, I'm reading one night and then, and the light comes on and I'm like, holy cow, that's what that means. You know, and I, it's just amazing how God works and, you know, and how he, how, whenever he, whenever he's got you in the place, he, he wants you, then he reveals things to you. I don't, I just, I just think it's amazing. So well, it is. And, and to be sure, um, to be sure that uh, you know I've got my compressor up really high for some reason. <laughs> we have no audio hey, problems. No, 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 no. The funny thing is, is I'm getting you really strong, and then uh, me, I'm not quite as strong as you for some reason. But I could be just. It's all right. It's not a big deal. Um, let's see. Let me move that up just a little bit. Okay. Um, as we'll be, we're going to be winding down here shortly anyway. Um, but, and I lost my train of thought. Um, the thing is that we're not, we're not where we once were, right? You know, we're not where we once were as musicians. I mean, it's funny, uh, kind of cycling back to the musician thing. Um, the, the thing is, is that I know there are things that now I can play better than I ever have. And then there are things that I go back and I go like, man, I can't play that for the life of me because I'm not the same player I was 20 years ago. You know, I focus differently in certain areas. I've improved in different areas. And there's other areas that where I didn't need that anymore. And so it, you know, there change is inevitable. Even right. in, in, in believers. Now, we're we're continually being shaped into the image of Christ. I get that. But, you know, I mean, you know, the 57-year-old Jim just can't do what the 27-year-old Jim used to be able to do. Right. I mean, that's just, and, and you don't think the same way either. Your priorities are different. And that's not bad. That's just maturing. And um, so... At any rate, uh, I, I think that uh, 
when when we get back to that the whole sermon idea i think sometimes we don't always see the value of what we got at the time you right. know there were things that my parents did you know in my instruction i look back on some of the things like yeah mom and dad didn't have to do that but there was a larger a larger picture there was something bigger that my parents had in trying to shape my life. Right. And so the little things that maybe, yeah, mom and dad were, uh, maybe they were wrong. You know, maybe they could have said yes, but they said no. You know, they, they said no, and instead they could have said yes. Right. You know, but in the grand scheme of things, that little thing that I missed or that, that little thing that they said no to didn't hurt me. Right. You know, and it, if anything, it taught me that you can't always have what you want. Right. That's a song. <laughs> can't always get what you want. Um, but you get what you need. <laughs> right. And, uh, I loathe to give credit to the Rolling Stones for, for saying <laughs> that, but that is actually probably, that's probably very true. I know it was true in my parents' case. You know, there was a lot of things that I didn't get. There was a lot of things I wanted that I didn't get, but I always got what I needed. Right. And I think our, I think our Christian walk is like that too, that we get, uh, that's Bobby. <laughs> oh, speaking, uh, speaking of Bob. Yeah. Speaking of Bob. So, um, so anyway, um, you know, we could go on and on and on with this. Uh, I want to go ahead and wind you this. I could probably talk for hours. I know we could, and we could. I could have another two parter, um, but mm. we've we both got some things that we probably need to get working on. Right. Um, so, in starting to wrap this thing up, one of the th- couple things that I like to do to kind of it's a sign to wind things down. Um, a couple things I like to do is I like to um, I like to have like a what I call like the pet peeve of the episode and oh, yeah. the and the the quote of the episode right. and the musician of the episode. So we'll start with the musician uh, aspect of it while I dig up some quotes here. Um, and there we are. Um, the uh and we, we don't have to have a long discussion about it just kind of so if there was a musician that and it does i don't care who it is i don't even care what instrument it is but if there was a musician that either shaped your your musical vision or shaped you know influenced you to pick up the instrument or Maybe not even that. Maybe it's somebody that you've heard since you began and just said, you know what? I mean, this this person is so crucial to my musical development or, you know, just it doesn't even have to, have to be that either. It could be just somebody that you could listen to regardless of how you're feeling and it it's always fresh. It's always good. If there was one musician that you could name, who would that be? 
Do uh, vocalists count? Yeah, we'll we'll count vocalists in that. Yeah, I would say it, it would have to be, and this is going to probably sound odd to a lot of people, but it hands down it would have to be Scott Stapp. Scott Stapp. Okay, can yeah. you give me a quick reason why? Yeah, I, his is something about his writing and his uh, his vocal his vocals that I have just connected with, and and I can't explain it. Well, I really can't. But he is always, his writing is just right in tune with, you know, some of the things that I think every now and then. And, um, and he's, uh, and I love, a lot of people don't like his vocals, but I love his vocals. I think they're, you know, it's kind of when it was a baritone raspy sound. So, uh, but he's, he's got a, a, a just something about it has always stuck out to me. And when they, when, you know, when Creed came around, that was just like, that was that was my band for well i still like their music but you know and then of course you know they've they've evolved into alter bridge and scott's going his own way but you know but i still i listen to scott's music his new stuff and it's just really really good stuff for me uh so he's the he's the musician if you will and i and i know he does play i think he plays guitar or something like that yeah, but he doesn't too, yeah. he doesn't perform as a guitarist so i think he writes on guitar and it's yeah um, if I, if I had to, if I had to pick one, uh, I actually did, I've been doing a, a, uh, kind of a seven day album challenge, which I've extended to more like 14 days because I haven't been on it, <laughs> but, um, I did one today and it was on Boston and, uh, Very good. At, you know, so I guess my musician would be uh tom shoals and uh not because he's a spectacularly gifted guitar player he is a very gifted piano player um but he uh he's a good guitar player but he's definitely much more fluent on the keyboards but his writing it, it everything he's the whole package he's he's uh i mean he's a writer he's a composer He's uh, an arranger. He's a producer. He's an engineer. I mean, there is a there is a very good reason that that first album, and even Don't Look Back is probably just as good, but obviously the first one is the soundtrack of the 70s. Um, it, I mean, every song is played on classic rock radio. Every song off that album is right. a, okay. And the sound on that album was recorded analog, and it still sounds as fresh today as it did back when it first appeared. Right. Um, there is, I mean, that, and that, that album that we hear, that was actually just the demo. Right. That was the demo. Are you kidding me? I mean, right. it's, it's, um, he, he's, he's amazingly gifted and, uh, I don't care for some of his politics, but then most of the artists I like, I don't care for their politics either. So, um, but as far as as his musicianship, his vision, uh, Tom Schultz is my guy for this month. Now, um, uh, how about you have a pet peeve? Is there a pet peeve? 
I'm sure there are many, but I, you know, I, I can't. Well, one is, I guess one is people not doing what they say they're going to do. You know, they, and you, they, they tell you they're going to do one thing and then they, they end up not following through. And then, I mean, and life changes, I get that, but you know, a lot of times it just, it's those that where life hasn't changed, but they just never, they never follow through with what, what, yeah, what you've asked their of word, them. They give their word and or they give their word. Yeah. And then, you, then they just don't follow through on it. Yeah. That, that, that I would kind of go there. I'll, I've got a pet peeve and it kind of, reflects, I know you have a lot of them. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> but the pet peeve for this month and this one's kind of relevant to the current situation that we all find ourselves in, but I'm now I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to say that one because this, these pet peeves are supposed to be kind of funny and they're supposed to be kind of, they're not really that important. The thing that I was going to say is has actually has larger implications than, than a pet peeve. But if I had to say what a pet peeve is is I have a pet peeve about people and this is definitely a personal one I, when they uh, they uh, treat I'm going to say me I don't say treat you they treat me in a way that you know it Oh, I don't want to phrase this. Okay. <clears throat> At a situation where somebody that I actually was getting along with pretty well um, kind of told me something that they didn't need to tell me, uh, gave me an instruction that they didn't need to get an instruction. They're not in a position to give me an instruction. Give me an instruction. And I kind of said, well, uh, it sounds to me like you're telling me what to do. No, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm giving you, I'm, I'm just giving you some advice. Well, I, I know what to do, so you don't need to give me that advice. And of course, when I said that, then the person kind of took it personal. Um, so, and, but they wouldn't t talk to some of the other people like that. They'll talk to me like that. Right. And, you know, I somehow get treated different because you think it's okay. And and, and then you're going to take it personally when I blow back, you know, so that's a pet peeve of mine. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap up with a quote here. It's going to be the quote of the episode. Okay. Well, I got to, I got to help my dad get in his chair too. So, okay. Well, why don't you do that? And I'll, I'll give this quote and then uh, you come back and I'll, we'll wrap up. Um, and here's my quote. Uh, well, it's not mine. It's by Albert Bandura. I don't know who that is, but this is a great quote. In order for someone to selectively disengage their moral standards, they must distort what they are doing into something justifiable. The methods used to disengage their morals are as follows. Moral justification, sanitizing language, exonerative social comparison, 
disavowal of personal agency in the harm one causes by diffusion or displacement of responsibility, disregarding or minimizing the injurious effects of one's actions, and and attribution of blame to dehumanize those who are victimized. I think that is a a great descriptor of what disengaging uh, personal moral standards are. So, um, while we wait for Jim to return from doing what he has to do, um, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining me on um, on my podcast here on Thoughts from a Lawnmower. And uh, for those of you listening, I'd like you to check out a couple of my friends' podcasts. Uh, I just did a podcast with my friend John Helton, and he has a podcast called Marital Monkeys, and you can check it out on Anchor. And I'm not exactly sure where all he's got it on, but I know it's on Anchor, and I think it's, uh, oh, it's on Spotify, so you can check it out there. And uh, I'm not sure if it's on iTunes or not, but at any rate, uh, check out his Marital Monkeys podcast. It's uh, it's a less sporadic than than mine. His is much more issue focused, and uh, I believe he has a guest on his latest one, so I'm sure that'll be interesting. Uh, so go check out John and Marital Monkeys. And then uh, also, uh, you've heard heard Jim and I mention uh, Dan DeBruler, and so go out and go check out uh, Dan DeBruler's Monday School podcast, which is, uh, I believe, is on uh, Podcast One. It's on iTunes, and I forget where else it's on. I don't hear you now, Jim. Oh, he's on speaker. I had I didn't mic turned okay. off. So yours. Okay, and then um, so go check out Dan Dan DeBruler and Monday School. It's 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 definitely shorter than than mine, uh, yeah. but Dan Dan's a super guy, and you'll like what he has to say and the people he talks to. Um, also, I'm trying to make sure that I don't. I I've got a good friend who was on my. He was this my second guest. Uh, my podcast uh, by the name of uh, Mike Bost of Convergence Church and uh, check out his podcast uh, The Way the way I See Things and it is on SoundCloud and uh, he's a he's a super guy I He's very informative. He he's very knowledgeable about a lot of things, and he's also quite entertaining. And so go check out uh, the way I see things by Mike Mike Bost and Jim. If I'm not mistaken, you have a podcast. I do. It's uh, I haven't kicked it off yet, but it's it's coming soon. Uh, I've got a couple of things finished with it since I've been here, so it's it's called the Hard Drive. Uh, um, but I, I'll be posting it on Spreaker whenever it comes. I'll, I'll get you, I'll send you a link out whenever it does. All right. But, and, and, uh, but, so I'll, I'll, I'll mention the, excuse me, I'll mention the hard drive 
coming up. Uh, when, when is your, uh, when you, have you already started it? Uh, I don't, uh, I've, I've got it loaded as, as private right now, but, uh, I'm sorry. That's my work phone. That's right. Um, I've got it loaded as private right now. just trying to get through some, some kinks and stuff with this new equipment I got. So, uh, I think I pretty much got it worked out, but, um, I, I don't know when we're going to probably go live with it. Probably within the next week or so I should be, I should be able to post up. I got one conversation with my grandson, which is really good. It was fun to do. So I'm going to put that up there too. And, and, uh, I want to try to do some of these video conferencing things like we're doing and, uh, but just do the audio for it. Uh-huh. Cause I enjoy having the conversations. That's a lot, it's a lot more fun than talking by yourself. So, Oh yeah, it is. I, I noticed that whenever I was doing monologues are hard They yeah. really are, they're, they're very difficult. Um, yeah. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting, I'm due to, I want to do one here soon. Um, but I'll save the, I'll save, uh, the content for, then um well jim uh in in wrapping up is there anything that you'd uh you'd like to you'd like to say in conclusion i don't know uh not really just other than just everybody stay healthy and uh and uh we'll all get through this thing together one way or another uh as far as all this lockdown junk that we're going through and uh just uh keep it real man that's it and keep it real, we shall. Jim, I've had a, I've had a really, really, really good time having conversation with you. Even though we had, we had a, we had a false start and uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of couple issues, but that's okay because, as I tell people, this is this is, you know, this is a work in progress for sure. Yeah. Um, this podcast, and I, I do hope that uh, you will join me again. Uh, soon, to. soon we'll, you know, I'd like to, if next time we get together, I'd like to have a, something maybe a little more focused. This, this was just kind of geared as a kind of a friendly conversation, just see where it goes, but maybe, and actually we did kind of focus a little bit, but, um, yeah. I'd like to, if possible, I'd like to, for us to maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, band situations and, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, maybe get a little bit more specific on some of our uh experiences and what right. we've learned from and things like that. I mean we can talk about those things, but I mean we got plenty of things to talk about. And right. so um with that I'd like to go ahead and bid uh we're we're gonna we're gonna stay on just for a little bit more. All right, or are we gonna wrap it up? Are we gonna go ahead and end it? I'm going to go in and I need to go take care of dad out here. So. Okay. All right. Well, with that, uh, I'd like to thank uh, my friend Jim Bishop for joining me on Thoughts from the Lawnmower with Will Rouser. And I uh, look forward to having him on again. Jim, appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you having me. All right. Take care, man.